You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I hope wherever you are in the world and whatever you are doing, you are doing very well. You're about to listen to a conversation between myself and a guitarist from the UK. His name is Chris Martin. He released an album in 2016 at Sterling Stuff, and he's released a video toward the end of 2017. Let's listen to what Chris has to say. Here we go. Chris, you've got a new single and a video in market called Overrun. It's a slice of... Right. This is This is what it reminds me of, a bit of surfing with the alien-style guitar instrumentation, and that, of course, references right. uh, the great Joe Satriani. What's the yes. inspiration behind the track? And tell us also about the concept for the video. Right. Well, the, the tracks, it started out as a, as a demo back in uh, 2013, just the... the, the the sort of the chord structure of the track uh, um, was just uh, basically ideas that I was, I was putting together in, in a studio uh, um, in, in South London. And uh, it slowly started to evolve into uh, something uh, a little bit a little bit more interesting. And, and uh, uh, we thought, um, well, we, we, you know, the, back then I wasn't thinking of doing an album, but uh, as, as uh, the recording sessions went on, I was getting more and more different ideas for different uh, songs and things. And uh, slowly, you know, the the, the Brock Dawn album uh, started back there, really. And then uh, um, 2014, I, I, I start to assemble a home studio set up. And that's when I uh, production really started on, on the, on the album uh, uh, fully. And uh, it wasn't until uh, the year after that, I actually did all the sort of lead lines and, and the guitar solos on Overrun. So, you know, it was about two years uh, on and off work on the track. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I will agree that uh, Joe Satriani is, is, a, is a big influence. He kind of sort of um, musically is an influence, but also in the way how he's, he's forged a career out of for himself out of just being a solo instrumentalist and, you know, not needing to have a, a band with a singer and all that kind of standard format of um, the, the, the lot, lot, lot the business seems to uh, expect, you know. And uh, so for me, that, that was like, well, you know, there is a, there is an opportunity for me to make music on my terms and, and uh, uh, not to adhere to sort of uh, stereotypes and, and uh, the problems associated with having bands and, and, uh, lineups and all that kind of stuff so um uh, as far as the video was concerned we we, we shot um we did two videos this is last year we did uh, the first thing was call of the wild which uh blaze bailey appeared in and uh on, on the same day we did uh uh some shots for overrun and the idea was to put it out uh not too long after after um uh call of the wild came out which which was in uh, i think july i think uh uh, that was released, um, and we wanted to add some a uh, storyline. So uh, uh, we, we, the idea of having a sort of uh, non-rock loving producer and his uh, sort of uh, artist um, evolved through uh, uh, my good friend James Scott, who who mixed uh, mixed the album actually, and his uh, partner uh, Katrin, and uh, they were quite uh, 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 willing to uh, make complete fools of themselves in, in the video and it was, it's actually James's idea to uh, you know to, to do this uh, kind of uh, idiot that slowly gets, becomes a, a metal fan and uh, I, th I think it works quite uh, quite well you know um, the, I wanted to yeah yeah excellent okay 
So you released an album, I think it was in 2006, and on the album, Overrun is actually an album cut. So what was Critical and That's Fan... That's right, yeah. Yeah, so what was your take on Critical Response and also fan, the fan response to the album? Because I take it you had your fans who'd been following you since the Thunderstick days. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, t- I took a long break from the music business when, when I um, quit Thunderstick uh, back in, uh, oh, God, it's about 2000 and sorry 1984 and uh i did a bit of session work and um played in a couple of uh sort of non-serious bands but i left music in in about 1997 and uh you know got sold all my equipment guitars and everything and uh, i didn't play for, for about 11 years um so i had to sort of kind of re relearn how to play really you know, you know that, that 2008 um I got myself another guitar and uh, I was very rusty. You know, and I had to, I spent a good few, uh, three or four years just really intensely uh, trying to regain, uh, get back to where I was really. And um, uh, I think I've done that. I think I've, I'm starting to progress from where I was back in the, uh, in the late 90s in terms of, uh, sort of where I was technically. <laughs> and of course, being older, I've got a bit more uh, maturity in, in, I think, in, in the way I play, and I'm not I'm not trying to uh, uh, sort of show off or, you know. Yeah, you know, I can definitely hear that. This. Yeah, it's you, there's I'm, a lot I'm of trying to add a bit more, bit, bit more, uh, bit more melody and content. I when I was in Thunderstick, for instance, I mean, a lot of the solos I was just trying to play as, uh, as flash as I could and and show off. Uh, you know the kind of technique and stuff, and you'd get a few takes in those days. Uh, you'd get, you we were working with multi-track studios, so you know there was no uh, edits you could drop in and stuff. But really, pretty much, you, you know, you you play along and record your take, and that was it. Um, but with 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 modern modern technology and computers now, you can really sit back and then construct solos just bit by bit, and uh, uh, that's what I did with, with this album. You know, I wanted to uh, produce something that I could. Um, People could hear I, I put a lot of thought into rather than just show off, you know. And, and uh, the solos maybe, you know, a, a bit more uh, um, um, restrained, shall we say. Uh, but uh, I think there's, there's more going on uh, in terms of the structure and harmonies. And uh, but uh, you know, I, I think I can still uh, shred with the best of them in the right circumstances. But uh, uh, I think you know, it's a bit more of a um, mature kind of. Uh, uh, approach to guitar playing now you know it's not uh, uh it's not it's not a race now for me for me it's just like an expression of how i'm feeling and uh, uh, uh hopefully i can uh, touch people in, in a sort of musical way and uh, uh bring a bit of uh, enjoyment you know if, if, if i can achieve that that's uh, great um in, ter- in terms of sort of fans and things uh it's been such a long time. I know, I know there's a few uh, diehard Thunderstick fans still out there. We did. I did one gig this year at uh, the Burfest uh, Festival. That was in a uh, charity gig for uh, Clive, late Clive Burr. And uh, it was a few Stick fans there came up to me and um, were, were, you know, sort of, we had a bit of a chat. Um, but, um, but uh, you know, yeah, he's, he's still, he's still um, got to... Uh, uh, the fans are still out there, but uh, they're a bit older now and uh, a bit greyer. But <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough. So, so you you put the guitar down for? Did you say it was eleven years? Um, eleven years, yeah. yeah. What, what were you doing in those years? Well, I, I just went back to sort of normal life, did normal jobs, and uh, you know, 
just sort of fitted in with, with the sort of things that normal people do, if you like. Um, but there was, there was, I have to say, looking back, there was something missing. I always felt, um, wasn't quite sure what he was. It was a kind of unfulfilled feeling. And looking back now, I realise that you know, if you're a musician and you walk away from it, there is there is something that uh, that uh, yeah, is, nags uh, away at you, doesn't avoid. it? Yeah, yeah, it does. And I, I wasn't aware of it until I started uh, until I picked the guitar up again. And I suddenly thought, oh, my goodness, how, how did I? Uh, why did I walk away from this? Because because uh, you know, uh, um, there were a lot of stuff. A lot of things going on in, back then, and uh, you know, you don't you don't get the breaks that you want, and you think, oh, why why am I doing this? And um, uh, uh, and then you you think, well, uh, you know, uh, my case, oh, well, I have enough of this now. I've done what I can, and <coughs> time to move on. But um, rediscovering that you know that uh, I can still play, and I, and I, I think I can uh, um, um, produce the good music and. Uh, that that that's the sort of real um, catalyst for me to to carry on, you know, and, and I find it very th- therapeutic as well. Um, the whole production of music, the sort of the live thing, and and all the all the business side <clears throat> is a bit of a pain. I have to admit, I'm I'm more at home, uh, uh, at home sort of writing or uh, putting songs together and stuff. Uh, everything else is is harder and trickier. Um, but uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sort of quite happy to just uh, create music. That's, that's sort of uh, my main sort of uh, uh, joy, really. Um, but you know, at the same time, you know, you, one has to uh, uh, promote your music. And uh, uh, being a solo artist, it, it it's quite hard to sort of put on shows and stuff because you have to, you know, you have to hire musicians and and uh, promoters and all that kind of stuff. And there is a place for that, but uh, you know, as this, it being an independent project, you know, there's no record companies or anything behind this, so you know, everything has to be uh, budgeted and self-financed. So um, videos are quite a good way of doing that because you can you can sort of give fans a glimpse of uh, uh, what how we are, what uh, the what what we're like, and stuff without having to go out on the road with all the necessary. Uh, um, costs and, and hassle involved, so uh, you know that, that's why I, I like putting these videos out because it kind of shows, you know, it gives a bit of a visual um, impression. For, to, yeah, visual to accompaniment. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So you might have alluded to this already, but um, look, recruiting musicians mm. for live performances and even for studio mm. work can be a bloody hard thing. I'm going through it at the moment, actually, and um, oh, right. I've been pretty yeah. fortunate that I'm sort of... I, I always take the view with music that it's either really easy or really hard, and that's been my learned experience <laughs> and my, my experience overall. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. mate, how did you go about recruiting musicians for the project? Okay, well... well um... Well, the guitars was quite easy because uh, I, you know, I played all the guitar parts, the acoustics, some mandolin in there, on Call of the Wild. So uh, bass as well, I covered. So uh, I, I, how I did it was just basically I'd, I'd spend a few weeks just uh, like the mandolin, for instance, familiarising myself with the chords and stuff, and uh, then I'd record the the mandolin parts. Same with the bass. I spent uh, spent about three months sort of learning how to play fingerstyle bass. And then pull the parts down. Um, when it came to sort of vocals, I thought, well, you know, um, who can I get involved in this? And uh, being a sort of Iron Maiden fan, I thought, I thought 
Blake's Bailey that might have been uh, would be a good choice, you know. So I contacted him and uh, he asked for some links to some of the demos. Uh, I sent them to him. He, he was quite uh, he quite liked it. So uh, you know, we eventually uh, I sent him some backing tracks with uh, some guide vocals, <clears throat> and uh, he'd record them in his uh, studio in the, in the Midlands, which you know it's about uh, two hundred miles from London, I think. And then he'd, he, once he'd recorded them, he'd send them over to me. Then we, we'd uh, work on them in the studio here. And there were a couple of tweaks that we needed to, to, needed to be done, and uh, he, he'd re-record the, the parts and then send them back to me. Very, uh, very helpful, considering he's, uh, you know, he's a busy man. He's got several projects of his own, and uh, he's always on tour. So I had to fit in pretty much with his availability <clears throat> to, to record. Um, but uh, it, you know, it worked out well, and. Um, uh, you know, he, again, we had to sort of book him in for for the video shoot that about six to nine months ahead. To, he, I think he only had two dates in the, in his schedule uh, last year, and uh, at the end of the year, I think it was fourteenth of December, and uh, we got him down to London for that and uh, spent the day at the studios. Great chap, you know, lovely guy. Um, in terms of the drums, I thought, you know, um, uh, I'd been talking to Barry for. Uh, for a while he did he was at the time he was sort of in retirement and uh uh he, he, he pretty much left the music business sort of 30 years ago and um, he didn't seem to have much interest in doing anything and, and uh the, but then uh he, he kindly offered to record uh, uh the drum parts for me so uh you know same sort of uh, procedure really. i gave him sort of demos and he he was playing, uh, practicing the parts at his, his uh, studio in uh, Folkestone, which is on the Kent coast uh, uh, in, in England. <clears throat> and we, he, we uh, he came over up to the, the house here for a weekend and um, just went through the work. We had an electronic kit set up and um, that we had a few problems with the latency and timing issues with the software. So he, he, he was slightly out of his comfort zone. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we did, I think, uh, nine tracks. Uh, we didn't really have time to go through everything. So what we did was just programmed uh, the, the, I think it was Heretic and uh, The Calling, where we uh, we programmed them. Bit, bits of, they needed bits of tweaking because some of the drum parts, I, he played a certain way and I wanted another way. So we, uh, I spent a bit of time uh, tweaking the, 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 the MIDI parts. Uh, that took a uh, a few months uh, to get everything just right. Um, a little bit of disagreements because uh, you know Barry likes to sort of play the way he wants, and uh, uh, I wanted the parts kind of how I wanted them. But um, at the end, of, end of the day, we we uh, I, I was happy with uh, uh, what he produced and 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 uh, um, what the drum sounded like. You know, I, I like working like this, so you know you haven't got. Um, uh, a drum part, especially you know, if you if you're recording an album, and we did it the, the other way around, uh, compared to how no, bands normally record. You put your rhythm section down, then you put your guitars. Whereas with this, I put the guitars down first, and then the drums had to come in and slot in afterwards. So you can't really you can't really have someone wanting to change things because uh, it, then it's it doesn't fit with the the what's already recorded. So you know, we had to sort of rein them in a bit and say, look. That doesn't fit. Just, uh, but you can do that with software. You know, you can just sort of uh, you, know, you go into the program and just move some of the patterns around, and it's very time-consuming. But uh, you know, you can do it, it though. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I've you had to do it, it myself. Yeah. yeah, 
I had a chat to yeah. Barry earlier in the year actually about he's uh, he's got a fantastic release for this year. It actually made my um, number three in my top ten, um, and it's oh. new, new Wob okay. and his new the new wave of British heavy metal yeah. isn't something that I typically lean to war, but I really enjoyed the album that he released this year. So, um, right. yeah, it doesn't, so I, I hear a lot of similarities between the music that you're producing and the work that he's done, uh, I guess in yeah. the overall emotion or the feeling that the music elicits, you know, maybe not technically, but mm. so I totally, I totally understand his drumming isn't really a natural fit for the way you play guitar. So it makes sense mm. that you'd have to go in there and augment it through the door after the fact. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that that, that did cause a little bit of friction, I have to admit. But uh, you know, the end of the day, this is this is my project. And I, you know, I had to uh, be happy with what was uh, recorded. So, uh, um, but um, I mean, Barry was also, you know, I did offer him to appear in the video, but we we couldn't reach an agreement on the fees and stuff. So uh, uh, he he uh, he. Uh, but uh, you know, it didn't appear in the end. But um, talking talking about his album, the, the, a lot of the tracks were rec we recorded in the late mid eighties, actually. Is that and, right? So uh, they're from they, back they, then, those songs. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, were, there, there are versions uh, of uh, I think six or seven of the songs uh, with with me playing on them, and uh, I personally prefer those versions. But uh, Barry obviously chose to re-record everything. Uh, uh, from scratch, but uh, um, that's all I'll say. You know, I, I prefer the demo versions of. Oh, that's um, fair enough. Yeah, a lot of the tracks. Um, so you mentioned Blaze Bailey there, hmm. and um, look, hmm. I'll, I'll just be completely frank. I thought the Iron Maiden records that he did weren't weren't that crash hot. Um, but I think he as right. an artist right. is excellent. By the way, it's, that's no reflection yeah. of him as an artist. I think it was just wrong. Mm. I think it was uh, wrong singer, wrong time. To be frank with you, and it's an extraordinarily. I don't think he could have followed a harder singer. You know, preceded a harder singer. Well, than, than... absolutely. Bruce Bruce is is one of the, the top guys in in the the sort of metal metal uh, arena, and to follow him is very difficult. Having worked with Blaze, uh, I'd say his his uh, his range is key, if you like, is is slightly lower than uh, than Bruce, and this is probably where he he got into a bit of trouble because uh, he, he's natural key is uh, sort of slightly i'd say d is is his uh, ideal range whereas a lot of the iron mates have an e uh, and it was just a bit too high for him and he was telling me at the, the studio that uh, he wanted them to detune you know a semitone to, to be able to sing and they the wouldn't parts. do it and they wouldn't go down and they wouldn't do it so yeah. you know yeah so uh, he, he struggled there but uh, he's a great blues rock singer you know he's very, totally very agree indie. yeah i, I think there was a few there's a few songs that it really worked on, um, on those yeah. two albums that he did with them. But um, I don't know what Steve Harris was thinking recruiting him. To be frank, it just, it just didn't work. And um, you know, there's some songs there that are that that have their own vibe to them. But I think Virtual Eleven is almost unlistenable at this point. These are my opinions, by the way. I'm just sharing them. You know, right. But, yeah, yeah. But it's no reflection yeah, on the yeah. man, is what I'm saying. It's no actual reflection on Blaze himself because I've listened to his solo stuff and. <laughs> I've listened to the track that he recorded with you, mate, and you can certainly sing. There's no doubt about that. He was just not right for that band, really. So it's really nice to see that metal fans have embraced him. Metal and hard rock fans have embraced him since that time. Well, you see, Maiden fans are a lot. It's like a huge family, and anyone who's had an association or has been in Maiden uh, will, will attract their their sort of support and uh, attention. And uh, uh, you know, he's carved a career out of themselves. For himself out post 
maiden. And, uh, you know, he would be the first to admit he's, he's reached rock bottom, but then he's, he's brought himself up and, you know, he's been gigging, touring constantly uh, since he left Maiden, you know, and uh, credit to him because, it, you know, it's a tough world out there to, to make money and to, to uh, make a living from music because the internet and everything, it's just, it's almost impossible now. <laughs> you know, you've got sort of rich backing, backing or, or you've got a, uh, somehow got a record company behind you but yeah good you know i'm, I'm great all credit to him well he's doing a much better job than paul diano i'll give him that i mean some of the things that i've heard from paul lately have just been atrocious right well he, he's got his health issues i know he's, yeah, he, he's yeah. in a wheelchair at the moment and um uh i kind of follow him on on uh, facebook and stuff and he, he he's always uh, posting you know he's got health problems and uh, he did some stuff with Air Force um, uh, quite recently, which I've not heard, but apparently, uh, you know, it went quite well. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Paul's another one that uh, he's still still there, but uh, maybe not quite as mobile or prolific as uh, uh, he, he'd like to be. But, um, you know, sometimes health does catch up with you, you know, as you get older. Yeah, and, uh, yeah well, Warrell Dane uh, from Nevermore just passed away. I don't know whether you know the band Nevermore, but um, Nevermore and I think uh, well, he was in Sanctuary. Oh, uh, he was a tremendous oh, singer, mate, an excellent singer, apparently. I mean, I only really? read what we all can read on the internet through Blabbermouth and whatever other social media-style <coughs> websites there yeah. are out there. Um, yeah. But apparently yeah. he had diabetes and an alcohol issue and um, made it affects a lot oh. of us, you know. I mean, it's Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think I've come through fairly unscathed. I, I mean, uh, I was I was quite sort of uh, conservative, shall we say, where back in back in the eighties and stuff. I did I didn't go to do all the sort of uh, excess excesses route. So uh, I've emerged uh, reasonably intact. <laughs> no, good on you. Yeah, uh, yeah credit to you for that, teeter. by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know I, I don't drink a lot. I don't indulge in any substances. It's all it's all fairly. Uh, I'm quite boring and uh, live. Uh, quite a sort of reclusive life now but you know it suits me i'm, I'm not a, i'm not a party animal i'm much happier sort of sitting at home strumming a guitar than uh, being at a bar or somewhere and uh, mm. raving it up but, i uh, think that comes through in your music too you know that because i get a oh, right mate, i get i've interviewed almost 200 people this year so far anyway at least so it's not oh, much wow. longer to go so yeah. i've only got a few more yeah. lined up before the end of the year and i get a ton of releases yeah. you wouldn't believe how many releases i get oh really which i which i appreciate yeah. but but yours cut yeah. through. I'll give you that, mate. It's well, that's very you know, kind of you to say. Thank you. I listened to it, and Darren sent me the email because I'm on his promo list, and, and I thought, well, no, I'll always yeah. listen to anything Darren sends through. And you know, yeah, yeah, well, nice. and he sent it through, and, and, and I thought, I was listening to it um, with the kids playing in the background, and I was like, this bloody guitarist yeah. knows exactly what he's doing here. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm a bass player, so I I, mm. what, well, I guess my point is I'm, I'm a musician, so I'm. So I'm really focused on the performance, and I could actually hear, I think, mm. what you were trying to achieve across the the instrumental tracks. So I think you're you're a credit to what you just said, mate. You have you have kept your nose out of trouble, so to speak, is what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> and um, yeah. you know you focus on the music. So well done for that. Well, that's very kind of you. Uh, I I, th I think with music, it, it, it's kind of there can be an emotional um, response to uh, to music. Certainly, if I listen to tracks I, I like, that you know I, I can really get moved by it certain pieces and uh the, the, the by the same token you know if i'm composing and uh, or uh, creating parts then uh, when i'm when i'm performing them i have to get some sort of feeling or vibe out of them if, if i don't get a, a 
an emotional reaction to what I'm playing, then I think, oh, that, maybe that's not the right part. And I'll, I'm quite meticulous uh, when I'm recording. Some of the, some of the, the, the harmonies and things that I, I play over and over and over again and then, and then scrub them and start again. And, I mean, the solos for each uh, track, I was uh, probably uh, probably a couple of days for each, each solo, you know, and that, that's like a 10-hour day recording. So, you know, you can imagine I'm, I'm, I'm playing parts and refining them uh, maybe changing them, editing them, and uh, you know, uh, I've never worked like this before prior to this. But uh, you know, you, you do kind of you get what exactly what you want out of it, rather than like you know, I've, I've done stuff in the past, and you think, oh well, yeah, that was okay, but I could have done that better. But with this album, I thought, well, I don't think I could have done any of it better, really. You know, it's the statement of where you are musically and mentally at. at at that time of your life and it's it's like a it's kind of date stamped it's 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 a kind of slice of of where you are in your life and uh, that's that's gone now and uh, you know um i'm kind of looking ahead to uh, the new year and and some newer newer material and uh, uh album number two you know uh, that's sort of what i'm uh, focusing on at the moment Mm, it's um it's actually not available over here in Australia, unfortunately. I had to go to the US site or the English site, uh, iTunes that is, um, to listen to oh, really? a lot of the tracks. Yeah, so you might want to get onto that because I'll be interview. I'll be broadcasting this interview as a part of my right. radio show, which is of course well, it goes globally because it's available by the internet. Yeah. But it's you know it's the well, audience is predominantly from Brisbane. If there's uh, any any context or. Uh, um in that area, you can pass on to me that, you know, that, that'd be cool. I'm, I'm surprised it's not on, it should be on Spotify to stream. Oh, it probably is on and, Spotify, uh, Amazon. sorry. Yeah, I'm on yeah, um, but, Apple uh, Music, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I should point oh, out I'm on uh, Apple Music, yeah, when I, when I did that. Oh, right, it should be, yeah, yeah it, it should be available on uh, Amazon as well. But yeah, physical copies uh, of the CD, uh, you know, that's... Uh, that's your main that's thing. That's another that's thing. The main, <laughs> oh, it's, well, I mean, for any... Oh, look, I, 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 I mentioned this now, God, we're half an hour or so into the interview and I'm letting you know this. I'm recording this yeah. for the sake of releasing it as part of my podcast series and radio show. But, you know, um, it's... Um, for anybody listening, you know, it's so integral to support an artist, physical, mm. an artist and the physical copy that they produce because especially an independent artist like you, you simply don't get... Mm income from any other source do you so whether i i really what i thought was good about you too mate is you had a t-shirt for sale on your website now there are so many artists that don't have don't give the ability for fans to support you you know Uh, but you've done that you've done that you've got a t-shirt on there and you've got access to physical copy too the two most important things well i i still buy cds you see i know i know i'm sort of part of the older generation but uh i like to have something to look at look at uh, look at uh, artwork read sleeve notes and stuff and with digital downloads, you don't get that, and um, I think you know, sort of the older generation. You, uh, there is still a huge market for sort of physical media that they can uh, uh, they can sort of take home and and sort of pop on the shelf or whatever. And with with, with digital music, it's, it's very kind of um, soulless. It, it it isn't. It's there, but it isn't there. It, it exists in this sort of digital world that you can't actually. Uh, touch or hold you know it's just uh, it's not quite the same as having a physical copy i mean if you look at iron maiden they they, they produce um yeah great products you know their albums are you can buy sort of box sets and you know booklets and uh, and it's great to have and, and to sort of uh, hold and ch- uh, cherish you know and uh i think you know people some people say well you know cds are not relevant now 
you know, while you're re- releasing stuff on, uh, on that point. But I think, I think, I think they're they're good for a few more years, at least. I, I can't, I can't look ahead in 20 years' time and say, well, yeah, we'll still be releasing these. But uh, at this moment, I think it's still a valid uh, medium, and, and and people do like to buy them. And uh, you know, I know a lot of people put CD on like in in the car, if and, and you know you you going about your business and uh, it's, it's great you know so that i think um i think it, it it's still a, a valid medium but uh for how long I, I i don't know well i think the sort of music that you're playing you get people that want the physical copy if you're doing you know like a dj who was producing <coughs> dance music or what have you it would be a completely different paradigm but yeah rock yeah. and hard rock and heavy <clears throat> metal tend mm. to endear themselves to to fans who want the full picture so they want to read the liner notes and they want to see the picture yes. up close of what's on the album cover that sort of thing i think you find it with musicians as well you know they want they want to sort of look into the the, the minutiae of uh, the recording process and you know what guitars you use what bass you know uh, strings all that kind of stuff and you, you don't really get that sort of information uh, uh, online unless you know on a website or something, but if you if you download something, you just you just that's all you get is, is the audio. Um, and I, I, I you know, I, I've got a daughter who's uh, you know she's twenty twenty seven, and uh, you know she she'll she'll download music for her favourite bands. And uh, I'm a, I always say to her, you know, if you want, if you really like a band, then uh, you know support them and buy some of the physical products, you know, because uh, it, it costs money to make music and uh, it costs money to go out on tour it costs money to to set up websites to, uh everything costs money and uh you know the, the what you get back is uh is uh, uh, you know <laughs> nothing near what what you're spending out especially if you're an independent uh, uh artist yeah so it, it it's an investment you know you one is thinking well maybe uh you know this this will uh, uh this is kind of a generating uh uh interest and you're building your fan base and uh, you know you get it back in in sales and in future releases i mean that's that's the hope but uh you know it, it is it is uh expensive uh business uh making music and putting it out but um you know labor of love <laughs> <laughs> so so what do you think when you look back on the thunderstick albums that you're a part of so correct me if i'm wrong i know there was an ep and the name has escaped me i apologize but i know the albums were Feel Like Rock and Roll in 1983 and uh, Beauty and the Beasts, 1984. That's right. Well, the, the EP was uh, Feel Like Rock and Roll. That was a, that was a full track. Oh, uh, right. Sorry, that was it. I thought there was two albums and an EP, yeah. but there was an EP and an album. Is that how it There or? was an album that, that, that were, we recorded called Don't Touch, I'll Scream. That, that, that was basically the tracks from uh, uh, Thunder Six's current album. Uh, it was never because really, it wasn't released. Released. Yeah, okay. It wasn't yeah, released. Sure. We did them in the Music Works Studios in London, I think... Uh, 84, 85. Now, interesting story. I'd, I'd left by then, and um, I got a call from Barry, if I remember correctly, and he was saying, uh, what are you up to, Chris? I said, oh, I'm not doing much at the moment. He said, oh, would you fancy playing on my album? I said, oh, what? What's going on? He said, well, uh, we're having problems with our current guitarist, and it's not really working out. Can you come and help us out? So I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so I got my guitar and just went down there, and uh, I ended up uh, playing, uh, redoing all the guitar parts there were some timing problems with the yeah the guy they were using the so, studio um, isn't so, for everybody is it you know it's the thing about being in a studio and recording 
for the purposes of releasing as physical copy or an MP, you know, the, the, the album version, I should say, is that it's a bit like mathematics. Either you get it or you don't. It's like recording in studio is like having a, a huge magnifying glass with the brightest of lights shone onto your playing at any kind of uh, uh, discrepancies or uh, weaknesses are shown up. And uh, especially the stuff Barry was doing back then, it was all quite tight and uh, lots of um, accents and, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing, quite challenging. And, uh, you know, it, it required quite a precise sort of style of uh, rhythm playing. So, um, but as it turned out, uh, they were never released and um, he record, re-recorded everything, but I'm not quite sure why, but um, uh, they uh, maybe they'll see the light of day one day. Who knows? <laughs> mm, okay. Well, look, I hope they do too. You know, it's... Um... As I say, I think he's. I, I really enjoy the album that Thundersticks, or, or I should, should really yeah. say Barry's released this year, and it made number three on my list, as I've already mentioned. But, um, yeah. mate, yours would have as well. I've got to hand it to you. It's just that it was released in 2006, and I only just found out about it. So, oh, um, right. Yeah. No, not to, that's <laughs> nice of you to say that. <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's always a problem, mate. I, I tend to sometimes get releases and, um, yeah. And I find out it's come out in 2014 or something like that. And it's like, my God, it sounds brilliant though i wish i could include it here so i try to reach out to the band and just give them an interview at least you know because i do i do i like to support the independent artists mate because i'm an independent artist myself it's as simple as that you know this is the the problem uh, i had when when the album was was released uh we had some issues with the uh the the people who were creating the uh, printing the the cds and i i I remember uh, i had a delivery at the house five or six boxes of cds I thought, great, okay, let's put one in and uh, press play. And it was uh, some Peter Gabriel music. <laughs> and they, they'd messed up the the master. They'd put someone else's music on onto uh, our, our CDs. So they had to re, reprint them and resend them and then I had to repack them. It was an absolute nightmare. But it, it, just, it just messed up the deadline. And uh, also as well, uh, didn't really have the, much of a budget available to, to – uh, promoter so uh it kind of was released uh it slipped under the radar of a lot of um a lot of people uh, which is a, which is a shame but um i'm hoping that that'll be addressed with with these sort of video releases and uh and certainly for the the next uh, the next album next year i'm, I'm going to uh, certainly allocate a portion of the uh the budget for uh for promotion and pr so uh hopefully it'll get, it'll get a bigger sort of response and uh you know, uh, it won't it won't uh, disappear. Uh, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, okay, all right. Well, um, touring and promotion. Um, as a, you know, we yeah. just discussed that it came out in two thousand and six, but you've got a new single and a new video out at the moment. So, um, where can 2000, people... two thousand sixteen? Sorry, two thousand sixteen. I should say. God, sometimes I yeah. say that as a slip of the tongue. Two thousand six <laughs> for two thousand sixteen. Right. Um, <laughs> But if um, if people want to um, catch a show, are you playing outside of um, or where? I'll just ask a question. Whereabouts are you playing? Well, at the moment, though, we're we're not playing anywhere. I'm I'm hoping to coincide um, uh, the next album release with with some maybe a short tour. So uh, I'm I'm thinking of putting you know, booking some dates for um, uh, the latter half of next year. Um, 
but uh, uh, as yet, yeah, I'll have to just say, yeah, watch this space because uh, you know it's juggling everything around to 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 end up coinciding at the, the right date. If you if you understand, you know, the album has to be ready, finished, everything everything ready to be released, and the dates have to be there, and uh, the, obviously dates have to be booked in advance. Where you know a lot of venues are looking six nine months ahead, so that that's kind of ongoing. Um, so uh, you know, I have to say, just watch this space. Really, you know, if you if you want to sort of uh, check out what's going on, maybe uh, visit the um, the the uh, Rock Dawn website, or we're on Facebook as well. So the, there will be updates of uh, 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 live live dates. I certainly do miss playing live, but but it, it is a lot of work having to uh, to to put something, put a show on. You know, it it, it, uh, it is tricky, but um, so you're I do really want young. to. Uh, you're a good enough guitarist to do clinics. Have, is that something like a, a lane that's been open to you? Well, I mean, yes, it's, it's kind of you to, to say that. It's not something I've um, considered. Um, I mean, I could teach and stuff, but uh, uh, my, my partner says I'm, I'm too grumpy to uh, <laughs> teach because, you know, it, it is... Uh, <laughs> you don't come across uh, as grumpy. <laughs> you are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my conversation with UK guitarist Chris Martin. Thank you so much for listening.